Hey guys, if you haven't registered yet for the Equip Expo, formerly known as the GIE Plus Expo, you can save 50% off registration with code LCR. You can follow the link in the episode description. You can also get the link to register for the rally, which is free thanks to our sponsors Echo and several other sponsors. You can click the link in the episode description for that as well. That's Thursday night from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And if you want to, if you don't even know what the heck I'm talking about and you want to know the whole history of the rally, you can go ahead and check out episode 86 on my podcast here, the LCR Media Podcast, where Sean Spencer with uh, Spencer Lawn Care and myself go into the origin story of the GIE rally and how it all started. And if you want updates on this year's rally, uh, all that is on episode 163, just a few episodes ago. So I hope to see you guys there and check out the episode description for all the details. Here we go. Thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro. And on today's IBG episode, it's a, a continuation of, an, of a thought process. Uh, my previous episode, I believe, um, these are going to be back to back. But I was mentioning about, you know, are, are you one person away from going out of business or one person away from growing your business? Uh, so check out that episode if that intrigues you. Um, previous episode, one or two episodes ago, I'm sure um, you can listen to that. But in that episode, I was talking about, I started to talk about towards the end about equipment as well. It's not just about people, it's about equipment. Are you one piece of equipment away from going out of business or growing your business? You know, Do, do you need to get that, find a way to invest in that second mower so that you can grow your business or, or third mower really so that you can grow your business, for example, or a second skid steer or a bigger, you know, excavator or something. Um, or are you just, you know, stuck with that one rundown, always breaking down piece of equipment, you know, mower or skid steer or something that if it really goes out of commission and it's an unfixable, what are you going to do? Are, are you literally going to be out of business? What if there's nowhere to rent one? What if there's no you know, other companies that you've networked with in the area that maybe let, can let you borrow one. You know, maybe your equipment dealer doesn't have a, a loaner mower for you to, to use temporarily. Like then you really have to scramble to make a new purchase. And that, that doesn't always come easily. That's for sure. Especially, you know, if you're financing something like a, a skid steer or excavator, I mean, even just a, you know, a brand new, Ten, fifteen thousand dollar, depending on the size and type. Obviously, zero town, zero turn mower. That's that's a lot, right? That's you know, you might not even get approved for something like that, or that's a a big payment now that you weren't prepared to pay for. So, my whole point in last the last in that episode, and now going into this episode, is to be prepared for that. You know, not only to try and save some money, but also to just think through everything and build your business appropriately to that. And just, you know, to continue on that topic now, have backups. Backups for backups is really what, what it comes down to. That's why I corrected myself a few a minute ago saying three, you know, your your third mower or, or a piece of equipment to, to grow. Um, you should at least have a backup. You know, when you first start out, you just use what you have, right? I've talked about this on previous episodes. Use what you got. But then when, when, when you need something new and it's ready to invest, invest in the best. Don't invest in something cheap or a slight upgrade or the same thing that you already have. 
invest in the best so that it's going to last and you're going to get the, the highest quality and production um, value out of it. So, you know, but when you first start, obviously you're, you're, you're just going to have whatever, but you want to start having backups because there's so many times where things are just going to go wrong and you just don't, you know, you, you're just not prepared. So you, you should have a backup mower, backup trimmers, backup blowers. And we're talking about from lawn maintenance um, aspect, which is what my business is. So that's what I focus on, but it can apply in so many other areas of our green industry, landscaping, hardscaping, and so on. You don't want to be just stuck with one tool or piece of equipment that if it goes down, you're really scrambling to get stuff done and it might really uh, put you in a bind or might even put you out of business if you have no way to cut the grass because there's no mowers available and yours is, is gone out of commission, then what do you do? So just, you know, from my perspective and my experience, you know, I, I started with just one mower, right? I started with the one mower and it was a walk behind mower, um, a 48 inch belt drive Toro walk behind mower. And that thing was great. It wasn't the most efficient because it was belt drive and it was a walk behind. But as soon as I could, uh, two, two years, two, two, two and a half or so years into my business later, after getting that walk behind, I invested in a stand on mower, a Toro grandstand mower. I borrowed some money from my sister-in-law actually, um, who, who is not with us any longer. She, uh, was able to, finance that for me. She, she basically just paid for it with her credit card. And then I paid her every month back and it took me a whole season to pay her back, but I was able to do that and she was fine with that. And I've, I was forever grateful for that. And that's why I have a pink ribbon uh, for breast cancer awareness where half of it is a dolphin that my daughter drew after she passed away uh, tragically from breast cancer. Um, and I asked my daughter if I could get that ribbon, if I could take that picture and have it, you know, um, whatever the word is, just basically a computer di digitized. There you go. If I could have it digitized at my local printer that does all my logos for my, my shirt, my work shirts and my truck trailer, all that stuff so that I can get that put on my trailer. So that's why I have that on my trailer, uh, on the front of my trailer, on the passenger side, cause she's riding shotgun with me. So that's, that's, a. Uh, that's an emotional story that I told back in episode 43, episode 43, way back in the archives. I just looked it up real quick. Um, I talked about, it was actually titled IBG, uh, how's, how this mower changed my business. So I just say all that to say that I started with one mower, just like most people, just like potentially all of you. And then I was able to figure out a way to invest in another mower. Uh, I could have financed it myself most likely, but we were trying to get approved for a mortgage for our new house. So we didn't want to mess with our credit. So that, that was really the main reason for that was just trying to have, you know, find another way to finance that mower. So, and then I could just pay it off in a year. And that's it, which is kind of good because had I financed it myself and got that 0% interest right from Sheffield, I probably would have just been chipping away at that for, you know, two or three years or whatever it is that the terms are instead of just hurrying up and paying it off in a year. So, um, but, but anyway, those are just some things, those th things, examples of how you can get past having one mower so that you can have a backup. So when I got that grandstand, Toro grandstand mower back in 2016, the walk behind mower became my backup. 
And, you know, I really only used it when the grandstand had to be in the shop for maintenance stuff, you know, like after five, uh, you know, five, every 500 hours it needs a high hydraulic fluid change. And that's not something I want to mess with myself. I do all my oil changes and tinker around with other stuff, but when it comes to the hydraulic fluid and all that, I'm, I'm not messing with that. You know, it's not something that the, the mechanics at the equipment dealers are probably overly excited about either, but you know, they, they, they know they've got a system and they're used to doing it, but so stuff like that, you know, it's going to be out for a day or two and I got to keep mowing lawn. So pull out my backup mower and it makes me appreciate my grandstand mower even more, right? Because I'm like, man, this is so inefficient in comparison to my stand on mower having to walk around, you know, all the time with a belt drive. So you can't just steer it all over, you know, backwards, forwards, constantly on the fly. You have to manhandle it, you know, shift the gears back and forth at times and so on. But it still worked. It was still a backup. It still let me cut grass initially. And then when I needed it as a backup and then sequentially over the years, I've gotten a couple of more mowers. Well, I say a couple of more, but they're more, you know, it's not like I have a whole arsenal of mowers. Just, uh, I've gone through some 21 inch mowers that have gotten uh, beat up over the years. And so I've got a little collection of those. Every time I got a new one of those, which is easier to replace those, right? A couple hundred bucks or whatever. Uh, they're always the residential ones until I recently was gifted the battery powered commercial 21 inch uh, mower from Toro to to try out and make content and share with you guys. And I think it's a phenomenal mower. Yes, it's battery powered and the battery does run out, but so does gas. So as long it comes with two batteries. So as long as you keep them both fully charged, we always charge one overnight every day, every day. And we always have one fully charged in the back seat of the truck ready to go. So, and we normally only go through one battery a day. If that usually one battery lasts us into the second day, cause we only use small 21 inch mowers like that for small gated backyards, you know, a couple of times a day, uh, per, per route. So it's not like we're using it heavily. That's just not the nature of it. We've got a, I, I, and then I also have a 30 inch, um, Toro turf master that I, that I got with part of my fleet pricing with, um, some other mowers. So, and I have the 30 inch that we use mainly for any small gated backyards. We really have no need to even use the 21 except for specific yards that have the raised, I don't know if you know, know what I'm talking about, but some people have like raised sections, like, you know, steps up to another level of their backyard and that's all grass up there too. And they've got like, you know, maybe benches or swing sets, trampolines, or just nice landscape. Maybe they got a pond or something or whatever, just, just another area for whatever, whatever reason that they, you know, when the construction, they, they did it that way, or they had it built that way after the fact or whatever. So, you know, you're not going to trim all that and you're not going to lift a 30 inch mower up there. That's for sure. The 21 heavy duty is hard enough as it is to lift that up there or uh, wheel it up there, you know, carefully without scraping anything. But the 30 inch, that's a no go. You're not getting that thing up on those areas. So really the 21 inch comes in handy for that kind of stuff. Or if we have to double team a yard that is just super wet and it just, and it's overgrown and has to be cut, we can't skip it any longer, no matter how wet it is. We can use the 21 inch because it's a lot, lot lighter. Um, so it makes less, less footprint there on some sections of yards while we use the 30 on some of the other ones that are still soft, but not as soft, you know? So we sometimes have the double team yards with a 30 in one spot and a 21 in another section. So it's good to have that versatility as well as those are all backups, you know, like if we really need to, we could just use the 30 and the 21 if uh, a stand on mower went down or something, which has happened before. 
been having these issues with my new grandstand where, um, you know, they've slightly tweaked some things uh, over the years and, you know, some of the pulleys and the spindles and things are a little bit different than my original grandstand that I got in 2016. So I never had this issue before until, uh, the newer one that I got when I got fleet fleet pricing, I got a new grandstand, a 52 inch grandstand multi-force, couple attachments for it got that 30 inch mower got it got the ride-on spreader sprayer which has nothing to do with mowing lawns but you know as my that part of my business grows it was getting really um, tedious and time consuming to keep filling up my four gallon backpack sprayers I had two so it'd give me eight gallons but I mean I could still only get so many yards done and you're also walking around with it versus uh, riding around these bigger properties and spraying or spreading that's where it really comes in handy. You can spread so much faster, you know, fertilizer, um, you know, in the fall uh, when you're putting down granular or whatever, you, you could put that stuff down so much faster because it, it, you can, it's it, such a wider swath and you're not walking. So you can just regulate your speed on the right, on the, the machine and just go back and forth a few swipes, spread everything, boom, you're done. It's like half the time with that, but it obviously comes in handy spraying the weeds with that too or spraying fertilizer, whatever your liquid treatment you're using versus walking around, you know, basically hand spraying with a, a battery powered backpack sprayer. Mind you, that was a game changer. I started with a, a hand pump at one. And again, yet another reason, another example of backups. I had that, you know, traditional steel, whatever it was, SG 20 or something. Everybody probably knows and, and, and loves, or maybe secretly doesn't, um, hand pump, you know, that I had that, that was my first one that I used, as I got into the fertilizer game and got my license and everything, I was really just using it for like Roundup in the beginning, but then I converted that, cleaned it all out and started using that for, um, you know, selective herbicide for broadleaf, things like that. And, um, but then I, I quickly, not quickly, I eventually realized and invested because I was like, oh man, it's so expensive to get a battery operated backpack sprayer. It's like $200, man. What the heck? You know, like the, I was just like everybody else. But as soon as I bit the bullet and finally bought one, I was like, man, this is a game changer, battery operated. It just maintains the proper pressure the entire time. No walking around pumping. You could just focus on you focus on your lines, you know, walking back and forth, making sure you're applying, you know, everything properly, applying the product properly. And that's it. You don't have to worry about uh, you know, pumping and all that kind of stuff. But and and then since then, you know, the the hand one started breaking and falling apart and I had to replace things and which I know that's part of territory too, but eventually it just got so bad that I never even wanted to use it anymore. So then I got another battery powered backpack sprayer. So I have two backpack sprayers, three technically, but two really good functioning battery powered backpack sprayers because I knew how good they were. And that's what I was using to treat yards. But again, that's, you know, you're walking around and that's when it's hot, you know, especially it's more, when you have all that weight on your back and you're walking around with four gallons of water, it's, it's pretty heavy and you're just trying to spray and, and you're, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a lot more productive when you have a ride on, um, spreader sprayer. I know a lot of guys are still old school and they drag a hose, you know, like, okay, they upgraded from the backpack sprayers. Now they got a tank in the, in their truck and they, uh, dragging a hose walking back and forth with that. And that's all good too. That's better than backpack sprayers because you you know you can cover the whole lawn no matter how big it is because you've got a big tank. So you're going to be able to get the whole lawn done versus like switching backpack sprayers in, you know mid yard or something if it's a big enough yard or whatever. But riding is even better because you just don't have to worry about 
running out of steam or energy or anything. You don't even break a sweat. You can really dial it in proper speed, all that spray this, spray that, you know, um, change, you know, uh, switch up. If you're in a smaller area, you can, you know, reduce the sprayers that are active, you know, the nozzles that are active and, you know, the wands or whatever, so that you can spray certain things or whatever. So it's very versatile. Anyway, I say, I just get getting down a little rabbit hole there that that was a, a, a game changing purchase as well for me. But again, at this, there are just more examples of backups, you know, because now if, if any of those things, if malfunction, I can, if that rider, you know, for some reason needs to be fixed or it's in the shop for just regular maintenance, cause I will need hydraulic uh, change and all that stuff too then I can at least use the backpack sprayer. You know, I can, I can do some spot spraying or whatever. I can, you know, still have other things. And that all came in time. This is my eighth year in business. This is all like year after year. I just, I grow, I evolve, I invest, you know, I plan all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I, I have some things that I'm still financing, like my truck, obviously that's not something that most people can save, you know, 50,000 bucks or whatever for, you know, and be able to afford living and just buy a truck cash. I know some people do, or a lot of people probably do, but a lot of people don't as well. So, I mean, obviously that's for most people a thing. So I've, you know, financed that and, you know, my house, it's a personal thing. So I'm not, I'm not hundred percent debt free. So I've got some things, but at the end of the day, my truck anyway is making me money and it's helping my business grow and, and, and function and all that. And these other pieces of equipment, the same thing. And if they're backups, as well as they're helping my business grow and be more efficient. So I started to say a while back that, you know, I got all this stuff in fleet pricing and my, the multi-force grandstand, the newer, the newer one that I have, that's now the main mower and the old grandstand has become the backup. And that, that walk behind that I had, I actually gave that to my dealer as part of the whole deal. And he took a couple thousand or something off my, uh, um, you know, my whole purchase there and I don't know what he did with the mower, but whatever. So that's, that's that. So, um, I don't have that specific mower anymore, but so that the grandstand, the original grandstand that I got has now become my backup. Like, you know, it's, it's got over 2000 hours trying to keep it going as long as possible by reducing the amount of hours. So now it's the second, it's the backup mower or second mower, you know, if we're trying to divide and conquer and we've got a lot of yards to get done and my route density is so, uh, dense, right. And in, in certain neighborhoods that, you know, we have four or five yards on one street. So sometimes when there's three of us, it really works out better to have two people mowing all of the yards while one person starts edging and trimming. And then whoever gets done mowing first can grab a trimmer and help finish trimming. And then the other person, you know, the, the other mower, or if the trimmer guys get done before that other mower, whoever gets done Next after that, then grabs a blower and starts blowing. And, you know, before you know it, everyone's all, all working together, blowing everything off. Or, you know, if one person, if there's two people blowing, the last person's done, they start topping off gas and putting everything away and getting everything ready to head on to the next section, the next neighborhood or next properties or whatever. Um, so that's where two mowers really come in handy for that. Just like two blowers, two trimmers. Welcome to Toro Tuesday. This week, I want to talk about the multi-force leaf plow attachment. So this is literally a plow, but it's for leaves. So again, as always, if you want the visuals, go ahead and click the link in the episode description to take you to toro.com and you can uh, take you right to there to the page for the leaf plow and you can check that out uh, and see what it looks like. But basically, it looks like a giant snow plow uh, with two wheels on the bottom and kind of like 
like like a rake all the way along the bottom you know like the it's all aluminum and it's it so the the rake is kind of like like um you know, like tines. It, it, it literally looks like a, a giant rake, which helps you scoop up any debris and leaves uh, for you to push big piles of debris and leaves where the blowers uh, may be, you know, as you know, if, if you've done leaf removal before and as you start blowing, you know, all the leaves out of the nooks and crannies, mulch beds ac- across the lawn and you're clearing it all off, eventually you accumulate uh, such a, a big enough pile that it's hard for you to move it, even with the most powerful backpack blowers. So it's it's a lot easier uh, for you to get the leaf plow and then you can just push the piles wherever you need to go, to the curb to suck it up with a leaf vac or into the woods if there's some natural areas that you're going to. Um, and, and so that that that's really beneficial for that. Uh, it does have a lot of like holes, you know, it's kind of, almost looks like, like, um, like mesh to a certain extent all the way around, uh, the whole, the whole thing so that it kind of gives you that airflow. Uh, but basically it's just meant for easily moving wet leaves, debris, just big, massive piles of stuff from one place to another without damaging the turf. Because like I said, at the, uh, at the, on the bottom, it's just like a rake. So you're just kind of like combing through the, the, the turf as you're moving along, um, the piles of leaves and debris and it easily attaches to the multi-force uh the hitch attached hitch receiver it easily attaches there you can fold it up so that you can easily store it on trailers and and so on um and it's it's heavy duty you know i I misspoke it's not aluminum it's it's steel galvanized steel and it's just built to last and basically if you think about any leaf removal jobs that you've done in the past another example uh, where you would normally be tarping large piles of leaves, right? Because you get to that point where you've got these big piles of leaves and debris and you really can't move it anymore with backpack blowers. Like I said, what do you do a lot of times? You you either blow those piles onto a tarp or rake it onto a tarp and then you drag the tarp wherever you got to go. Again, to the curb, to suck it up or up in your trailer or truck bed or into the woods. Either way, you know, that's drag, that's tarping and dragging and it takes longer and more energy. So using a leaf plow eliminates the, the need to do that. You can just push those piles instead. So again, for all the full details and the visuals, since this is all audio, check out the link in the episode description for Toro.com. Man, I'm still missing what I was going to say. There's been a lot of random times where the belt will... Um, come off of um you know the the deck on my my 52 inch multi-force and i i have since learned some things that i was supposed to be doing to ensure that that kind of stuff doesn't happen um uh from toro and so on and and, and my equipment dealer so that that doesn't happen anymore it was more user error you know combination of user error and just just a change in, in some of the things that they did um than anything else it wasn't like anything was broken or and, and nothing ever did break it would just be frustrating when that happened and like the first time it happened we were in the middle of a yard first thing in the, in the morning i was like oh man why well, I, I couldn't figure out how to fix it and know what was going on because it actually came the belt came off of the pulley it didn't break so when a belt comes off like slips from you know underneath the main pulley uh, there's no way to get it back on without taking like that pulley off. Like you have to loosen that, un- you know, loosen the bolts on that pulley so that it will move so that you can get the belt back underneath there and tighten the pulley back up and get it all back in back in, in action or cut the belt and put a new belt on. But if your belt is perfectly fine, you don't want to cut a brand new belt or a good belt 
they're not cheap, you know? So anyway, either one of those scenarios, I wasn't, I didn't know, I didn't even know that at the time and, and nor did I probably even have the tools to be able to do all that and whatever. I was just like, I want, I just needed to finish that yard. So I grabbed the 30 inch and I just, you know, it was a small enough yard that it didn't take too much longer. Um, it took time for me to try and figure out what the heck happened to the mower and then realize that I couldn't fix it at that moment. So I just, you know, while the guys were doing trimming and edging and all that, I just grabbed the 30 inch and started muscling through that and trying to finish the yard with that. So again, another point of where originally was trying to get to where I did have to use the 30 for, for some other things instead of using the 52 inch, you know, uh, grandstand. So it's still, can act as a backup, even though we got it just, I got it just for backyards with small gates and and all that, but it has come in handy to use as a backup. So that's where I'm saying backups for backups. So over the years, they just keep accumulating more and more things. Um, I have a ton of trimmers now because it just seems like those are the first things to always get all wonky. You know, you're using them all day, every day for, you know, long periods of time similarly to the mowers but they're smaller engines you know they're not these big Kohler engines that are going to take a beating and last 2000 plus hours you know these these little engines are just not meant for that kind of abuse for that long so no matter how much maintenance you do some of them are more often than not they're just going to start wearing down you know after couple of years and they're going to start getting beat up sometimes sooner than that you know and I, I try different brands and um, different, different, uh, models. And, you know, we're trying, we, we try to have the lightest ones, right. Cause we're holding it all day and all we're doing is some basic trimming and edging. We're not trying to plow through like fields or, you know, weeds on hills and, you know, sections where you, you know, large sections that you have no choice, but to use the, the trimmers for, cause you can't get a mower in there and things like that. Like, you know, we don't have a whole lot of that or any of that. So, you know, we don't need big, powerful, heavy trimmers. So we want the lightest trimmers that are still going to last. I don't want to get a bunch of homeowner trimmers just because they're light and then they're not going to withstand the wear and tear. Uh, but I've definitely been through some trimmers. I've been through a lot of commercial trimmers and, you know, my, my equipment dealer even said, you know, you're lucky if you get a couple seasons out of some of these different ones, you know, some of the different brands and some of the different models are better than others, you know, and it just is what it is. That's why there's such a variety and it's just, what your needs are for. So over the years, I kind of figured out what were some of the better models and brands for, for me and for us, for what we do. You know, when it was just me using one trimmer for four years, for the first four years, it, it was a lot easier. You know, I, 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 it wasn't as big of a deal. What I had worked and until I started having hiring employees and doubling the amount of workload, that's when those original trimmers and blowers and ones that I've gotten since then, really start to get that wear and tear and you really start to see which ones are going to hold, hold up, you know, longer and better than others. But that's where backups come from, you know, or come into place. And I've, I've got a ton of, of trimmers now I've got them all over the place and, you know, some, some of them barely work. Some of them don't work at all. You know, we can Frankenstein them, use them for parts if we need to on the fly, instead of going to the equipment dealer to buy new parts, you know, things like that, you know, cause I, cause I get, I get a lot of duplicates because it's usually me and, and it's, it's, it's at least me and one other person, right? It, it's, it's either two or three man crew for me. So a, a lot of times we need two trimmers. So we always have two trimmers with us and then, and then a dedicated um, stick edger or blade edger, I guess is what, uh, which one it's called. But 
um, so that we can edge sidewalks and driveways and walkways uh, that that are concrete. And so that that's our setup. So we have a three trimmer rack rack for that. And two of those spots is for trimmers. And I always try to have the same trimmer. So this way, one, uh, no one's fighting over, I like this trimmer better than this trimmer. And they're always trying to grab, you know, who grabs the, the best trimmer first or whatever. We don't have none of that nonsense. And two, if, if one trimmer goes down or if there's some issue with one trimmer, I can potentially, uh, take stuff from the other trimmer to fix that trimmer, you know, to, to get it going. So it's just easier to kind of swap back and forth. Also, when you're, when you're doing maintenance and you're getting filters and all that, you can get the same filter. So you can kind of get, you know, they, they sell like, I don't want to say bulk, like I'm getting like a box of filters, you know, like of a hundred filters, but you know, sometimes you can get packs of multiple filters in one pack. And if you only, if you have all these different trimmers and then you just, that's kind of a waste. But if you've got multiples of the same trimmer, then you can get packs of filters for the same trimmer. And now you can easily just change them all out real quick with the same filters and air filters, get fuel filters, all that kind of stuff. So spark plugs, you know, different trimmers have different size spark plugs. So all these things come, come into play when you have the same trimmer. So just, that's just several reasons why I try to duplicate my trimmers, you know, with the exact same models. Um, but you know, I've, so I've cycled through trimmers and I've got backups for backups. And if we got to go to the old trimmers, we can grab the old trimmers so we can keep it moving. You know, like the whole goal is to be able to continue getting work done, get your route done every day. You know, I mean, barring weather is like the only thing that really should, should stop you or, you know, call outs and things like that, you know, staffing issues, obviously, if you're at that point where you require a certain amount of people to get a certain amount of work done every day, then that kind of stuff. But you don't want to, you can't really control that kind of stuff. You can't control the weather and and people. You can't control what they're going to, what they are and aren't going to do. Um, if they're going to call out or not or whatever, you can do the best you can to, you know, get the best people on board and, keep them happy and all that. But at the end of the day, you know, things can still happen, but equipment is something you can have even more control over. You can control how people are uh, taking care of the equipment, um, especially if you're there with them working and you see what they're doing and not doing, and you can control the maintenance and the amount of maintenance and you control having backups so that no matter what happens, if someone does not treat something properly, you know, and, and, uh, or if, if someone mishandle something and, and it's, it's not, uh, and it breaks or whatever, then you can get your backup, you know, and then you can keep it moving. Um, hopefully you have the backups with you, you know, that's why having multiple trimmers, you can still get stuff done. Even if one breaks on the fly, which has happened many times and not even the trimmer itself, like, you know, um, again, backups, back backups, right. The, the, the bump head feed, you know, the speed feed, um, those things wear down eventually. And all of a sudden the spring pops out and whole thing flies all over the place. If you're not paying attention and then you can't find the parts and it's just like a mess. And now you can't use that trimmer anymore unless you have some spare heads, which I now have at least one spare head with me at all times, just in case that happens. Cause sometimes, you know, if you're paying attention, you can see it starting to wear and you can anticipate that. But sometimes when you're just go, 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 you know, the, the, the heat of the, of the summer right now, it's just hot and dry. Well, now it's, now it's raining a lot, so it's not as dry, but it's just hot and you're just trying to get all your workload done every day and get home and take a shower and take a time out and re- recuperate for the next day. You're not always thinking to pay attention to those kind of things. So you're just, you know, you're just bumping, 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 you know, and you're going all day and all of a sudden the thing falls apart because it's, it's time to change it out and you didn't catch it before it just 
fell apart or whatever. So, I mean, things, little minor things like that can become a major thing. If you only have one trimmer, what are you going to do? Now you got to stop, go to your, to your storage or your shop to get another trimmer or get uh, a replacement head. Or if you don't have any of those things, you have to go to the store and buy a replacement head and hope that they have them in stock. Cause nowadays for sure, 2022, that's a lot of things aren't in stock and whatever is, is higher priced. So if you stocked up on those things ahead of time, you're, you're, you're ahead of the game because you say you didn't spend as much on them and you have them spare and, and at the ready in case you do need them, you know, as a what backup, right? So I also have backup or multiple backpack blowers, hand blowers. I've just accumulated all these things. So now there's, there's, there's almost never a day that I can think of that I can't get through the day and get the work done because I'm a piece of equipment's down. And so, you know, you can't do all this overnight. I mean, you can, but you're going to spend a lot of money. You know, you want to just chip away at this stuff. It's like I said, it's, it's taking me eight years to get to this point, multiple mowers, blowers, trimmers, all that. I've only got one trailer and I've only got one truck, but the one trailer, I've also got the ramp rack which is another, a whole other episodes in the archives. You can easily search, by the way, Spotify updated. When you're on my show or any show, up at the top, it says search this show. So now you can specifically just search in that show where before when you're on the home screen of any of your podcast platforms and you type in search and you type in whatever, Ramp Rack, you know, which is a good thing because you'll probably see other, there may be other podcasts that are, that we're talking about the ramp rack, for example. I'm not sure if that's the case, but if there are, or say you want to, you know, look up mulch, you know, that's a common one. You type in mulch or employees or staffing or labor, any of those kind of words, and you type that in search and a whole bunch of podcasts, maybe ones that you didn't even know exist will pop up. And that's cool. But some, but if you're specifically looking, you know, sometimes a lot of stuff comes up and it's hard to find exactly what you're looking for. So if you just go on the podcast that you want to find it like mine right now, and you want to look up the ramp rack, you can type now in the search box right at the top of my uh, show page and just type in ramp rack and you'll see all the episodes that I talked about the ramp rack. It's multiple episodes and it will come up. Boom. And then you can click on that. So you can get all the information about what the heck the ramp rack even is to save us time on this episode. But, and there's also, you can say if I can't, you know, I gotta, gotta throw that out there, right? If you, if you do all that and you decide you want to buy the ramp rack, like I probably say in those episodes, I do have a code, code LCR, so that you can save 10%. Ramp racks thousands of dollars, so it's not like I'm not trying to help you out. Like It's it's a good savings there. You're saving several hundred dollars if you use code LCR. But I have the ramp rack and an enclosed trailer. So meaning, if one of those fails, which I've had the ramp rack for three years now and haven't had a single problem. All I've had to do is replace the spring, the assist spring, you know, to help the, the ramp not be as heavy when you lift it up or down when you raise it or lower it, you know, that eventually gets super stretched out to the point where it barely works. or doesn't even work at all. Like any, any spring, it's a really heavy duty spring. I think it's a garage door opening spring, um, uh, prototype type deal or, um, similar situation. And so you just, you get another spring either from, from ramp racks website, or you can go to, you know, a, a big box store and probably find a similar one there. So those things are going to stretch out sooner or later. So that's the only thing I've had to replace. Nothing's broken. Nothing's anything. If anything gets damaged, it's because of us banging into something and it gets bent and I got to fix it or whatever. I, you know, uh, repaint over some, some rusted spots from us banging around on it, you know, or the holes that we drilled in it for the racks, you know, get a little rusty in those areas. So we got to clean that up and 
that's it. Not, no fault of the ramp rack. So uh, I say that to say that I haven't had to replace, hadn't had to be out, out of commission for the ramp rack, but sometimes, you know, your trailer has to be serviced either, uh, inspection has to be inspected. The trailer brakes and everything have to be inspected because I have an enclosed dual axle trailer, which most dual axle trailers have a trailer brake, which is very handy to help take some of the weight, the workload off of your truck's brakes um, for the trailer to actually brake itself while you're braking with the truck. So that's handy. That has to be inspected and sometimes serviced. And any other miscellaneous things that can that can happen, you know, with with trailers, things break or fall apart or whatever, and you gotta you got to uh, put it out of commission temporarily until you can get it fixed or drop it off if you can't fix it or you don't have time to fix it. So I, I don't have to lose time because I can just do that, drop the trailer off, then hook the ramp ramp rack back on and just load my mowers and, and go for it and keep on going. You know, So there's, there's obviously certain limitations to just having the ramp rack, just like there's limitations to having a big enclosed trailer, which is why I got the ramp rack. So but it, again, that's that's a version of a backup, giving me versatility, giving me options, giving me ways to keep getting the job done. Um, so, lots of examples there, backups for backups. Just uh, you know, kind of a lighthearted episode here, just continuation off of an idea that spurred in my brain from a previous episode, uh, and I just wanted to kind of get this one get this one done before I kind of lost that train of thought and forgot about it, and uh, just kind of. Just reiterate to you guys and, and, and kind of how you can get there and some ways um, or some examples, I guess, of, of backups and how I've done it with my setup and my business and things like that. So that's all I got for today's episode. Uh, if you guys got value from this, I'd appreciate it if you share it on social media. This way more people can find the show and, and hopefully learn and grow just with all like all of us are. Also, if you haven't given it a five-star rating and review yet on Apple or and or Spotify, I'd appreciate it if you did that. Again, that helps people who do find the show kind of give us some credibility because they see all the great things that people say about it, and, and it gives them more of a reason to click play. So I thank you guys for doing all those things, and I always thank you. I'm always thankful for you guys listening to the LCR Media Podcast. And thank you to the Toro Company for sponsoring the LCR Media Podcast as well. Until the next episode, this is the Lawn Care Rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.